0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spest. Hello. What's happening,
1: bud? Not much, man. Just uh, same old, same old. It's it's starting to really feel like spring-summer now. Isn't it? Most I, I think there's... I've only seen... Only in the edges of the woods, like where the wind line is, uh, you see like still some snow left
0: over, but it's pretty much all gone. In the shadow of the woods. Yes, in the yeah. shadow of the woods. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Even our uh, parking lot at work. Only ended up with about half a parking lot to use after those big snowstorms. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back to full-on parking lot again.
1: So I saw in the news today that big snowstorm. <laughs> it uh, took a hit on the Toronto uh, snow clearing budget to the tune of seventeen million dollars. That's it? What do you mean? That's it? How can it possibly cost that much to clear snow?
0: How is that's that? That's an even? awful lot of trucks and gas and salt. I know, and but holy grinders and. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. I just think it's mind-blowing that's, uh, that it costs that amount. I think back in the day, it used to cost a lot more. I mean, if you compared pricing from, like, the 80s Maybe, to Maybe, I now, don't know. I remember snow being a lot, well, even, like, a, a lot more snow than we get nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know? And now I you get just like let one it or two clear big on its own. And in
1: the spring, it'll go away. Yeah.
0: I think they should, everybody should be told they have to get a Skidoo. and when you get big snow from there there's no plows no nothing yeah there's like eight lanes of skidoos going (laughs) down you'd be more than eight (laughs) yeah like 16 16 rows of skidoos going right down the 401 (laughs) well it
1: snows you uh you go out all the traffic is going to clear the snow anyways on the major thoroughfares Yeah, And, and just you know it tamps it down on the side roads you just have to be a bit careful, drive a little bit slower, and you save all this money. See? Right? <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> I, I'm running for mayor, because I've got some great ideas. <laughs> and the city of Toronto will reimburse you $100 towards every snowmobile you buy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you
1: go. We won't clear snow, but we'll re- That's right. reimburse you for your But snow. you will
0: not be allowed to go on the 401 after a big snowstorm with a vehicle, with, with a car, truck. Only like tracked that. vehicles. Only tracked vehicles. <laughs> ah.
1: Yeah, we could, I, I, I'm sure there's a few, uh, few Ukrainian farmers that uh, have some tanks to sell. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying.
0: Oh... Yeah, no, it's it's nice uh, to get this nice weather out now. And, yes. I mean, back to wearing a hoodie. Mm-hmm. You know, no, nice, no eh? winter jacket. The morning, you get up in the morning, you don't know what the day's going to be like. So you put the hoodie on and everything like that. You go to your truck with your winter jacket. You throw it in the back seat. You leave it there for the day. <laughs> you come home. You bring it back in the house. Basically, you're taking your winter jacket for a drive to work. And exactly. Yeah. Now, and that is it. It doesn't leave the truck. Taking my jacket for a drive. Yeah, I'm taking not my jacket wear to, to, to work and <laughs> just leave it in my truck and then I'll bring it back home. It's going for a nice little ride. I want to make sure it feels yeah. wanted. There you go. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's nice to get up in the morning and not have to be piling mm-hmm. Or scraping the car and yeah. getting rid of snow off the car. It's nice to... Yeah.
1: All done. Ah, so it's all behind us. It's paddling weather. Although, we're I mean, supposed to get uh, a significant amount of freezing rain in the next 24 hours.
0: Oh, yeah. Freezing rain I can deal with. Yeah. I'm good with that. It's, it's rain. <laughs> it's good. We're good with that. Yeah. We're good with rain. I don't have to shovel rain. It's isn't how much it builds up and how many power lines it knocks out. As long as it doesn't knock out mine, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it can knock out everyone in the in the province except mine, and I'm good. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. What else we got? We, there's things coming up, man. Yes, there's events coming up. And Stuff's uh, happening. Before we think we 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 well it's still in our proceed. brain. Before we proceed, mm-hmm. what is the documentary? You watch today. So it just came out. I think people are CBC or something's putting it out.
1: Yes, that's called the Last Guide. So a book. So this is uh, Frank Kuyak and uh, so he was the last living Algonquin Park guide. He passed away in uh, in 2021, and uh, just just uh, this week or maybe today, the uh, a uh, a CBC documentary sort of film was uh, released on him. And he's been he's been written about. I think there's two books about him. One of the books is in a second printing. Uh, there was initially a uh, small documentary uh, filmed of him, like uh, quite a few years ago, and then they added on two years ago, and then they final did a final edition and re-edited it uh, after his passing, and that was just released today. I think it was today. So yeah, it was uh, 48 minutes long. Uh, I I don't know who posted it, but. Uh, I uh, I watched that this afternoon. it's uh it was it's worth your time it's really interesting he gives a history he talks about how he uh, so he's the last guy sur- the last f- fishing
0: guide in albuquerque yes
1: the last yeah. fishing guide so it's uh it was interesting to hear his perspective talk about his life it's uh, it is it's not too often you see books and uh documentaries written about people who are still alive Mm -hmm. and so it was interesting that they were able to include him and uh the documentary was about him and so it was uh over the last eight or so years they had repeated uh interviews and stuff and it just expanded the uh the story about him and uh and so it's just, uh, the book, the original, originally it was, uh, the book was written, The Last Guide, and now the CBC documentary thing is uh, The Last Guide, and uh, it's uh, it's really neat. It's uh, Frank Kuyak and uh, Last Algonquin Fishing Guide, and uh, so he passed away in 2021.
0: Yeah. It's, it's I, worth the I, watch. I saw people talking about it about mm-hmm. four or five spots today. So. Yeah. And then when you came in, you mentioned that you watched it today, yeah. so figure we'll throw that out there and uh, see if you guys can find it. Like I say, it's posted on a bunch of places on yeah. Facebook, and and uh, if you Google it, that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: And it's really well done. It's uh, You really get a good sense of, uh, of who the guy is and what his life was like, and yeah, he's <laughs> he started at seven years old. Fish as a fishing guy because yeah. he you know he was catching fish at that age his mom would send him down to get uh whatever get the mail or whatever so he was in algonquin park in uh, whitney and uh, so he'd paddle into town get the mail or get some groceries for his mom paddle back home at that young right it's like oh <laughs> i can't imagine Different but that's time. what it was like back then right
0: yeah. everybody had a yet. Yeah.
1: yeah so it's uh it was really interesting really entertaining to watch and it was uh nice to get to know the man mm-hmm. it's uh it's uh he had a good life and it was it's nice to uh be able to carry on that living history uh at uh, that oral and written history of of him and uh and algonquin park uh, uh fishing guides
0: i'm going to take a peek at it there the probably this weekend i'm thinking mm-hmm. yeah take a take a good look at it very interesting uh yeah and if i find it you know what, I'll, I'll throw it up on our facebook page as well yeah i'll, I'll link yeah. to it so Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium is April 9th. That's just in a couple of weeks. Oh, it's going to be there. It's coming up. Yeah. So, Adam Schultz, there's one, two, three, four speakers. Yeah, well, they usually, five, have, four, they usually
1: yeah. have four or five. Yeah, so yeah. Brad and Leah Jennings. So, Jenny. yeah, so five people.
0: Yeah. So, Adam Schultz is going to be there talking about uh, his book, The Whisper on the Night Wind. Uh, it's about investigating a wilderness mystery in Labrador. Uh, I read the book. Good book. Uh, can't wait to actually hear him talk about it. Uh, ask him a few questions. John Babalook, who we know, confessions of a trout bum. (laughs) How to catch all six species of trout in Ontario from a canoe. Brad and Leah Jennings exploring Quebec's Tichigami River. That's about 700 kilometers north of Montreal. So that's, that's up there a ways. Almost, it's almost right in the middle of Quebec. If you look at it on a map, Mm-hmm. It's probably just, i say maybe 150 or so kilometers south of the center okay. of, of Quebec. Uh, Mercedes Rogers at home in the bush, spending a month in the Tamagami wilderness with the entire family. Her hubby and two small. Kids. A whole month. A month, 30 wow. days, man. Could you imagine that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome, but uh,
1: I, I, I don't know how people can find the time to get away from work so long. Well,
0: you know, um, wish I could do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, wish I could.
0: Wish I could more than thirty days. (laughs) So for those that do have tickets, uh, the doors open at nine a.m. for you can see the vendor displays. Ten till twelve noon, Mercedes Rogers and John Babulak will be speaking. Noon till lunch is lunch and the vendor displays. Then one to three thirty. Uh, Brad and Leah Jennings and Adam Schultz will be given their chats. Uh, some of the sponsors and vendors that will be there are Backcountry Custom Canoes, which is John uh, King Kingdom Outdoor Products, which is Alan, Alan Drummond. Uh, OTG Meals, Kid Products, Sea Sawyer Run, which is stuff for your dog. Mm-hmm. Outdoor yep. stuff for your dog uh Friends of Tamogami, Quetico Foundation, Whiskey Jack Outdoor Company and Nova Craft Canoe Company will be there. Oh, nice. So, so yeah, looking forward to the uh Backcountry Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium uh Saturday, April 9th. Unfortunately, they're sold out. Mhm. But keep an eye on their site because years past little messages pop up saying, "Hey, we've somebody's had to give up 3 tickets" or well, something like that. So, you, you, you know, my set.
1: wife is not going now, so I have uh Two tickets, and considering we have a desk there, I didn't have to buy myself a ticket. So I bought one for me anyway. Yeah, so I bought a ticket just to help out. But uh, I guess I have two tickets if somebody really wants to go. $1,000
0: a piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I could get over that. <laughs> Papa needs a new dry suit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of dry suits, I went for a drive on the weekend, Saturday morning. Yes, I uh, went for a drive, a drive that was two years in the making. Yeah,
1: and if I wasn't, go- if I hadn't gone camping, I would have uh, gone up with you. It's probably best that I didn't because I would have ended up with a dry suit as well. No, you wouldn't have. They're da- they're sold out.
0: <laughs> no, but I, you know, I if I brought you with me. And you walked home with a dry a dry suit. You'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you wouldn't have been You would have been hog tied in the back of my truck so you didn't yeah. <laughs> buy something. So it's like uh so yeah, I went to Frontenac Outfitters Canoe and Kayak Center, uh took a drive up Saturday morning, uh, to meet Zach and look at dry suits. I guess I've been looking at a dry suit for Going on two years now. I mean, it's a pricey thing to buy. Mm-hmm. You're looking at for you know anywhere from like thousand bucks to two thousand bucks. Yeah, right.
1: They are expensive. So, obviously, the higher quality, the higher price point. Yeah. uh, You have to be careful when, if you find a uh, brand new uh, dry suit online or something and it's like the price seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Yeah. So, there's a lot of Chinese knockoffs. You have to be careful who and where you buy them from. But uh, at Frontenac Outfitters, they have the actual genuine product. And so, it's, you know, a good dry suit is worth the money. It saves your life.
0: Yeah. So they're about a half hour north of Kingston, Ontario here. Uh, it's near Frontenac Provincial Park. A lot of, lot of paddling up through there, right? Eh? It's a nice area. I've always
1: wanted to go. I've One day I will get around to it. I've been. Oh, you have you? <laughs> you've been camping yeah. and paddling there?
0: No, I've just been there. Oh, you've just been there, yeah. <laughs> uh, they sell kayaks, canoes, stand-up paddle boards, pad- and all the paddling gear to go with. Uh, right now, actually, when I went on Saturday, they, they were starting to unload... A whole bunch of boxes and stuff, getting ready for the the, the big season. season, right? Yeah. So, um, they have their own lake. Uh, Frontenac Outfitters has their own lake where you can test before you buy. Okay, right, which is pretty cool. And if you're taking one of their courses, they have some campsites there so you can stay overnight. There right. you go, right? It's just sort of like, uh, what you got? You guys went Madawaska, yeah, Canoe Center, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but that's all it, flat water at Frontenac, right?
0: Well, yeah, it's just, yeah. just you can... They, they do um, uh, like kayaking and stuff like that courses. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want to buy and you're, say, at going to prov- the Frontenac Provincial Park, they do rent paddle craft. Mm-hmm. So you can rent a uh, canoe, kayaks, and a paddle board. There you go. That sort of thing. They offer paddling courses if you're new to paddling or want to learn more skills and add to ones you already have. Intro to Sea Kayaking... Intro to Canoeing, Stand-Up Paddle Boarding Lessons, uh, Paddle Canada Sea Kayaking Level 1, and Stand-Up Paddle Board Yoga. So you can get those yeah. from, from them as well. Most are day things, but the, the Sea Kayaking uh, Paddle Canada Certificate, uh, that's a, a weekend thing, like a two-day thing. Mm-hmm. So that's where you camp up there and, and stay overnight. Zach and his staff have no problems answering any questions you have. Uh, I was on the phone. I called up. Zach was actually in uh, out of town there with the family. And uh, he said, uh, I, I messaged him there on, on Facebook. And he said, uh, give Andrew a shout. Uh, any questions you'll have in regards to dry suits and all that. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to drive two and a half hours. And find out, you know what? Maybe this isn't the one I've been wanting. Uh, and number number two is... You know, if if anybody sees something online and they say, oh, we've got three in stock. And then you (laughs) run to the store and they go, oh, no, sometimes our website inventory is wrong. It doesn't match up. That's one thing if it's five minutes up the road, not two and a half hours (laughs) down the road. Yeah, it's a bit of a trip. That's a five-hour round (laughs) trip that could have been solved in a 30-second phone call. Yeah. Uh, so I asked Andrew a whole bunch of questions and everything and about it. And, uh, you know, I really felt confident with my choice by the time I hung up the phone. So Saturday morning, hopped in the truck and, uh, made my way there. Zach was actually there, uh, back, back from holiday when I got there. So I had a couple other questions and stuff like that, which he answered and, um, you know, with a dry suit and stuff. And, uh, he suggested a good pair of shoes to go with my dry suit. He says, you can just use an old pair of tennis shoes if you want. Yeah. But if you... And I said, well, I'm here. I might as well check yeah. out what you got. And so he made a couple uh, of this, uh, of suggestions and stuff like that. So uh, if you check out Frontenac Outfitters' YouTube channel, they got a lot of short informational videos. Um, and that's one of the things I was watching with some of their dry suit videos. They're only like eight minutes, that sort of thing. Gives you basically the information you need mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. So they've, they've got a whole bunch of that. and uh, Yeah, Zach and the gang there are really, really good. Um, frontenacoutfitters.com for all the information that you need about them and to contact them, that sort of thing. So if you're going to be up that way, just drop in and uh, say hello to them. Awesome. Uh, so I went there and I had been tossing up between a couple different dry suits over the last little while and you know basically to extend my paddling season exactly and yes. add more safety in the the extended paddling seasons that I do mm-hmm. now cuz I really push it you know i'm out in regular paddling gear, probably a little bit sooner than I really should yeah, be. Yeah, in your know, fleece and
1: flannels off yeah, camping. Yeah, you
0: know, in the nude and stuff like that. Yeah. And a little bit longer at the end of the season. Breaking the
1: ice with a with a shovel or, or yeah. breaking the ice with a paddle or an axe. Yeah,
0: it's that sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Just pushing it and really shouldn't have been doing that far too long. And knock on wood, been lucky so far. Uh, so, you know, there's also Alan Drummond. He does, you know, the the kayaking trips and stuff. And... Um, when Alan puts out invites for his, you know, we're doing a night paddle to yeah. through the Toronto Islands or something like that, safety and proper gear is one of the big things he's always, mm-hmm. always on about. You know, we're going out in sea kayaks. If you're planning on showing up on a, um, you know, a, a home hardware sit on top, he won't let of, you go. You know, do us a favor, just stay home. Yeah. Right? That sort of st- stuff. Uh, he also does the, the off season, um, paddles as well. And again, if you don't have the proper dry suit and all that, please stay home. Yeah. You know, and you know, he doesn't want to be rude about stuff, but. Well, it's life and death, right? It's life and death. And And he's the one that's going to be sort of on the hook for it. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, you know, so in order to be, I've had to turn down Alan a few times, but just because of that is it. Dude, I, I don't have the dry suit, and he's like, "Well, you've been talking about getting one for well, yeah, I've been talking about getting one, but you know, I, just because I'm talking about it doesn't mean yeah. I've got the yeah. money. <laughs> so, by the power of great skull. birthdays and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> saving up, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I went, I went uh, and checked out the one I want, and you know, they, they, the, the, the biggest drawback. And everybody says it is the price. Yes, you know you are like I say anywhere from a grand to two grand for you know for for a dry suit. Depending it's an
1: expensive on. investment.
0: It really is. And more than once, I've heard "buy once, cry once." Mm-hmm. Because if you take care of it and and whatnot, it's going to last you a while. Exactly. Yep. You know, so at the end of the at the end of its life, the amount you've actually paid per trip or per year. Yep. Yeah. is really minimal, you know, that sort of stuff. All it takes is that one swim exactly. in below-freezing yeah. temperature water. Mm-hmm. To and make it's that. earned its money. It's, it, yep. it, it really has. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I had my eye on the Cocotat Odyssey in Mantis Green. You know why, Mantis Green? You tell me, that puppy there... <laughs> It's sitting on a chair right right at the table. They will see
1: you from the International Space Station. They will see (laughs) me from space.
0: And if people want to make fun of me because of that bright color, while they're facing, floating face down, (laughs) they're going to be up in space going, oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that's the
1: purpose. It's like it, it's uh, you're not out there in fashion statement. It's oh, I like it all in black. It's like well, no. This is the reason is is like if you do you know if something untowards happens, yeah. you're going to be easily visible on the water, and uh, and that's that's a key point of uh, if you lose your canoe or kayak or out you out in Lake Ontario, it blows away from you. And you're swimming. So they're going to be able to find you, right? Yeah.
0: So at the end of the day, like I say, I, I'd narrowed it down to, to two of them, uh, one from a different company and then this, this Coquitat Odyssey, and you're still sitting there, you got the questions. So that's why I ended up calling front. You're looking around to who's got them. And, um, you know, you, you get these big box stores that, well, you know, we got one or two left or mom and pop operations, mm-hmm. you know? So I figured, you know, I'm going to, I've, been wanting to meet Zach for a while now, so. If He's got one. Well, I'll run out there and grab one. Kiss me out of the out of the city for the day. Nice road trip with some donuts yeah. and coffee in the truck, you and you know that sort of stuff. It was um, worth it for the drive alone. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I, I showed up there and they answered the rest of my questions, and I knew, yeah, this is this is the one I want. So, uh, what do they say about this? The Odyssey dry suit is constructed of Gore-Tex Pro fabric. It features nylon waterproof front entry and relief zippers, two sleeve pockets, thigh pocket, a removable hood, removable suspenders, a pile-lined collar and reflective accents on the arms and hood. Removable hood lets you go from playing in the surf to protection from the wind and rain. Removable internal suspender system for in-camp and on-water comfort and two sleeve pockets and a thigh pocket to store essential on-the-water things uh yeah the the suspenders are great because you put them on, and then if you pull over for lunch if you're kayaking or whatever you say yeah. let's pull over for lunch you if it's if it's a warmer day, you can take the top mm-hmm. you know take the top part off and just let it hang there. And you're not walking around trying to pull up the bottoms, because yeah. you got the suspenders. I, I've seen people so where so. they
1: they uh, use the arms as a belt, so they tie yeah. Uh, yeah. tie the arms at their waist to keep it from falling down. But you're always hitching it up, and or I, I don't know from personal experience, but I've seen other people doing it because I've never worn a dry suit. But you, uh,
0: you should try this one on. <laughs> <laughs> Start the car. I'm going to pass gas in your dry suit. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh some technical specs gore tex pro fabric nylon waterproof front entry zipper nylon waterproof front entry relief zipper yay also known as the pea pocket i guess yep. and latex neck and wrist gaskets gore tex with pack technology removable hood uh, pile lined collar, hook and loop cuffs. So when you get your hand through, then there's the little thingy, you cinch, it thingies, tight. cinch yeah. it tight, right? With the, with the, um, Velcro thing. Mm-hmm. Dual adjustable overskirt with hook and loop compa- compatible neoprene, removable suspenders, adjustable bungee draw cord at waist. Oh, I didn't think I realized that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, left and right sleeve pockets, right thigh pocket, reflective accents on arms and hood. Uh, I guess that's why they they hit you with a light at night that's going to flash. Every suit 100% fill tested, guaranteed to be dry. So they actually fill
1: test every single suit. Mm -hmm. So fill test, they fill it with water and look for leaks? I'm
0: guessing. Or (laughs) air. Yeah, or air. Right? Because one of the things you do after you put it on is you crouch down into a tight ball and you put your fingers in the, yeah. the neck gasket and pull it out to let the air to make farting escape. Numbers. Yeah, you know, the farts out. <laughs> and uh, I I didn't do that. Um, so when I had it on, I zipped it up, and I'm sitting there. I'm like a the marshmallow man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all fluffy, yeah. and I think after a while that would that would start to wear on you because you're
1: having trouble moving. Having trouble yeah. moving a
0: bit, right? Uh, But yeah, you you squinch down and, and get as much air out as you can. So the dry suit will keep you dry. That's the whole purpose of it. It will act as a windbreaker and add a little warmth, but you still need to dress with warm layers under the suit. Yeah. Right. So
1: you just dress for conditions. So you're going to wear that, and then depending on how cold or warm it is, you just wear more or
0: less underneath. Yeah. So like merino wool and stuff like that mm-hmm. underneath. Um, I had a pair of jeans on under there. <laughs> <laughs> I figure, well, know, yeah. Uh, but as everybody knows, cotton is death. So yes. don't wear cotton when yeah. you're out there, sort of thing. But I mean, I was driving through the countryside, so I'm not going to be walking around on a pair of. <laughs> <laughs> These are my merino wool underwear. <laughs> and uh, you know, what you wear depends on you. And this is like I said, I was watching a couple other videos and one of the guys makes the point um what you wear in your dry suit depends on you. Mm-hmm. How fast do you get cold, Derek? <laughs> I get cold pretty quick, especially when I'm wet. How fast do you heat up when you start paddling? Pretty quick. Right? Uh, the time of year you're going as well mm-hmm. is into there. The water temperature, the type of water you're in. So there's lots of factors that you have to take into account on what you're going to wear under your dry suit. So if you're zipping down a lake constantly, you know, at a, at a, like nice leisurely mm-hmm. pace, you might want to be putting on something a bit warmer because you're not building up the big sweat and all that yes. sort of stuff, yep. right? Yep. But if you're going to be doing a big workout in some like white water and stuff like yeah. that, where you're going to be building up that 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 heat, yeah, you know, you're probably going to want something that's going to maybe start out cold and then warm up as you go. Exactly, yeah. A yeah. Uh, big thing is the wick away underneath because mm-hmm. you don't want to be sitting in. In the wet, either one guy says he doesn't put underwear on because it gives you a false sense of wetness, really. Yeah, because you start sweating and your underwear holds that huh. wet, so it feels like you're you're soaked all the way mm-hmm. through, but it's not it's just your underwear is wet, yeah, right. Um, so basically, the whole thing's like a giant onesie for lack of a <laughs> yeah. better term, right? Got the jammies on. So basically, you just pull the bottom half on, like pair, like a regular pair of pants. Watching out for the suspenders, because the first time I did it, the suspender went between my legs, and I'm thinking, well, that's not going to work out. <laughs> Can't get this <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, so you put them on, and now this this one has the booties, uh, like the socks, built-in booty, the built-in, booties. the built-in booties or built-in socks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just slide them right all all the way up, and then hitch them up over your over your waist. Pretty easy peasy up to that point. Uh, Yeah, your feet will slide right in. Now, you might want a warm pair of socks inside them, uh, depending on what you're wearing, the temperature, the water, that Mm -hmm. sort of deal. It doesn't have to be anything super, but a pair of merino wool socks or something. The
1: key to staying warm is keeping your feet warm. Yeah.
0: Feet and head Mm -hmm. have always been the two I've always been big on. Uh, put the suspenders on if you're going to keep them in or detach them and leave them in the vehicle or pack them in your kayak somewhere. Put your left arm in the sleeve and uh, through, hand through the gasket. Put your right arm in. So basically, you've got everything on but the neck. This is the part that's always freaked me out because <laughs> I, I, there's times where I get claustrophobic. Yeah. And if you ever put on something that you have problems getting off, Mm -hmm. And your arms feel trapped and your head's stuck. You start to panic. You start to panic up here, right? And so I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be the hard part is trying to get my fat head through (laughs) this thing. And well, of course, my head wouldn't go through. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Like, this isn't even stretching. Yeah. Because you put your hand in the gasket, spread the gasket open. and like it wouldn't, it hmm. would not. Come yeah. the guy. I don't have, and then Zach looks, oh, hang on. <laughs> <Zip>. <laughs> there's a zipper that yeah, like, there's a collar, a collar zipper. zipper. Yeah. And then phoom, my head went straight through. <laughs> no problems. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you pull the net gasket over your head, pull it down, make sure the gasket. and this is the good thing about having somebody there to, to walk you through it for the first time now. Make sure the gasket is not bunched up because it's like this thick ring that's just choking. Yeah. yeah. So do they have a g- different gauges of of, of a nope. gasket? No, no. It's one um, size fit all? One size. It'll stretch after a while. Some people just wear it for a couple of days. Some people put a coffee can or something. Measure Measure how round your neck is. Get mm-hmm. something comparable yeah. and put it in there so it'll stretch. They say, as a last resort... You can trim some of the gasket off, but you've got to make that a perfect Mm -hmm. circle. um, Because, yeah, if you get a little tick out of it, it could eventually turn into a rip. Exactly. At which point you're sending it in for a full gasket replacement.
1: Did they say what a gasket replacement cost?
0: I'm Spending enough money on this already, I didn't (laughs) care. (laughs) I would think that would be your
1: your major wear point. Yeah. So it's got gaskets on the arm cuffs, right? Yep. Wrist cuffs. Yep. So there's three gaskets, but as soon as you blow a gasket, it's it's uh,
0: basically useless. Right? You got to, Yeah, you, you've got to get it repaired. Mm-hmm. Um. So once you got your head through all the gaskets and everything, yeah, pull it up the the gasket. Make sure it's nice and flat all the way down, sort of yeah. thing. Not doubled up. They didn't not doubled up. Yeah. Water to run through. Yep. Yeah. And you then you close the cross body zipper. It goes from over your right shoulder down across to your left hip. Mm-hmm. And you, just when you think you've got it, it's not going any farther. <laughs> there is like a quarter of an inch gap. Yeah. And, he, and Zach even said like, is it is it close? Is it yet? Yeah, that's as far as it goes. And he goes yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, if you're with a buddy, if you're not paddling alone, tell him to check it and then you check theirs. Yeah. Right. Sort of thing just to, because if you go over, that's where the water's yeah. getting in. Right. So... <laughs> So yeah, I got that down. Uh, then there's the big cover that folds over top of the the zipper, mm-hmm. and you velcro holds that in. And uh, then you, like I say, you crouch down, open up, pull open the the gasket at the neck, let burp, so burp, you can burp the air out, burp out the extra air right, right out of the suit. Uh, and then when you're done for the day, just do everything I just said, but in reverse. Mm-hmm. Right? Did it come with a stuff sack or just nope? Yep. Nope. You don't, you don't hang it. If you're hanging it on a hanger, use a p- bigger plastic one, um, because you're, you don't want it to damage the The gasket. The gasket. Yeah. Don't use a wire one, it'll damage. Don't use a wooden one because the varnish will leak off and damage. Um, basically, if you can leave it straight or fold it over nicely, yeah. that sort of stuff. Now, we have a, a big tub in our cold storage there. Mm-hmm. Well, not our, it's not our cold storage, our cold storage, the other one, but there are our, closet thingy uh, and I put our sleeping bags over the winter and that just when we're not using them, them I put them out leave them
1: lofted out yeah puppy, yeah. yeah
0: so I'll, I'll do that the same um, I have my farmer John wetsuit in there I do the same thing with that you know just leave it out as, as flat out maybe fold it over once you know as much as possible yeah um the neck gasket, some tips and tricks they were saying. Andrew told me this one and Zach confirmed it as well. The neck gasket. If you can get it below your Adam's apple. That's best. It's better. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. And if you have that include women facial hair. Well, some of them. Uh, if you have facial hair that include women. Uh, <laughs> some of them. <laughs> it's funny. You should mention that because one of my memories today just is a off topic here. Um, one of my memories on Facebook today was, it's funny how you're complaining how my beard looks when your mustache looks so fantastic, ma'am. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you have facial hair, like a, a, a longer beard, trim it underneath. Cause you know how some guys let it go all like, yep. it's just one big wad of hair going from their chin straight down to their yep. belly button. Trim it to just above your Adam's Apple.
1: So you can maintain a
0: clean seal. Clean seal, and it's more comfortable. Yeah. Right? Um, my biggest thing was... How am I going to get this thing on with the beard? That's, that's And am I going to have a claustrophobic panic attack? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm missing half my beard. The gasket's ripped out because I had to slice it open. <laughs> I've given myself
1: a black eye because because my, f- my fingers slipped off of the gasket and I punched myself in the face. <laughs> it was a bad day.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that was my biggest thing is like, what am I going to do with getting the beard in there? So I did some online googling and videos and everything like that. Looking when you type in specific things like putting a dry suit on with a long beard, <laughs> it's all out there. So if you're going scuba diving and have a long hair, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of a lot of that ended up being scuba diving related. Yeah. Uh, anything in regards to dry suits and facial hair involved scuba diving and how your facial hair will affect your mask. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not what I was looking for. (laughs) Wrong topic. (laughs) So now I'm giving up paddling and I'm going scuba diving apparently. So, you know. Uh, So, I mean, the one thing you you say is the uh, hair ties, the elastic hair ties, right? And one of the one of the tips was, if you get the hair ties, don't get the ones with the little metal piece on them. Okay, yeah. Because if that little metal piece catches on a gasket... It could nick the gasket. It could nick it, which would yeah. eventually turn into a bigger nick, a rip, a tear, mm-hmm. and you're, you're SOL at that point. Uh, my wife just so happens to have the pure elastic ones. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, well, when I get there... Now, the new gasket on the new suit is quite smooth and slippery. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's cool. I don't wear a regular face mask. Your beard mask. I've got the long beard mask. So it, it's what, like 12 inches long, mm-hmm. covers my entire beard, right? Because when the the whole thing first started, that's what they said is you can't just wear for, for, for people with long beards, you yep. can't wear just a regular mask like everybody else. You have mm-hmm. to have, cover as much as the beard as possible, which I always have, um, so I wrapped that beard mask around my beard. Yeah. And then put the hair ties on. <laughs> and when I pulled the the gasket over my head, you pull it open, I turned my head to the side so that the yep. beard would go through where my fingers were pulling it mm-hmm. out, yeah. right? And it just <laughs> right over top. I'm thinking well that was so much easier <laughs> than I imagined it was going to be. <laughs> Anticlimactic it was sort of yeah, they're sort of like I'm going to take this off and try it again because, you know, <laughs> it's just not right. Um, yeah, no problem. So nice. then when I was taking it after, after I tried it on, did all that, took it off, I just wrapped it up again with the hair tie and the in the, in the mask yeah. and just did it in reverse and poof, right over my head. No muss, Beauty. no fuss. Awesome. <laughs> now, I haven't done it when it's wet. Yes. So, that's going to be a total another yeah, story for another day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but
0: <laughs> I still have my complete beard attached. Mm-hmm. It's Awesome. Um, yeah, so there, that's, it's got the dry suit on, fit perfectly, really nice, looking forward to using it, lots of mobility. Um, it's going to get, take some getting used to, of course, when I first, you know, use it for the first time out on the water sort of deal. But, uh, I think one of the first things I'm going to do is jump into the water.
1: Oh yeah. And just to
0: see the temperature, if I can, Mm -hmm. how much, how much I feel of the outside temperature, you know, making sure there is no tiny pinhole leaks or anything like that and. And then I'm going to open up the release zipper and pee on things, because <laughs> you know that's what guys do. Yeah. Uh, so after I got that all set up, I'm thinking like this is really cool, and took the top h- half off, um, and then let it sit there. And I was talking about about uh, yeah, you can see the the booties there. And I, he said Zach was saying, you know what, you just get. Any old pair of shoes, really. You don't want to be walking around in those. No, shoes. you're going to step rockers. on a rock or yeah. something, and you're going to puncture exactly it or a twig have to or something. Them. Yeah, um, I have the Solomon's uh, water shoes, which I use for my canoe tripping. Mm-hmm. But it's got the mesh on the side, so oh, okay. sticks bigger sticks. things can't get. But yeah. you can still get pebbles and stuff in mm-hmm. there, right? And uh, so he says, yeah, I don't use my Keens or anything because of that sort of thing. So I said well what do you use that you would suggest and he suggested the Astral Rassler 2.0s. Mm-hmm. Uh the one thing they're they're of course they're not cheap but when you're already $2000 in on a yeah. dry suit yeah. at that point you're <laughs> well what's my wife going to do now? Yeah, And <laughs> I need to protect the dry suit. Well and that <laughs> that's that's a big thing is is you want to protect the bottom part and uh, you don't want to be walking around and you know sort of things. So he he got a pair of those for me and tried them on and uh comfortable. You tried it on with I, the I, oh, dip- with the dry the, suit. Yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. take the dry suit off. I had I had it on and uh put put those on. So they're what do they say the Rassler 2.0 an exceptionally grippy and rugged uh, yet lightweight boot that dries fast and drains quick. The sole is redesigned for improved durability. The mid-cut upper provides extra protection and support. Our best choice for hardcore river users. My big thing they're talking about is how grippy these are. Yes, right. Because I've I've used my Solomons, I've used Keens, and they're grippy, but yeah, be grippier. So Astral's known for their grippiness. So they they're some of the
1: original shoes. I have the pair that I have is. I think six or more years old, six or eight years old, and uh, it's super grippy. I've never worn a pair of shoes that is like when when I'm doing a, when I'm doing a just lining down the river with a canoe or whatever. It it's amazes me that uh, how grippy that these shoes are. And, uh, so, but, uh, I've, have heard that the newer rubbers are, they, they had some early failures in, in the original rubber. So they, uh, Astral had to change the, uh, the makeup of their, of the rubber compound. And so it's still very grippy. It's a very good shoe. And I, I, I love the Astrals. And I, I know, like, for example, uh, Martin Gerster he just got himself, I think his are Rastlers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his is, uh, he has the high top. And, uh, so it's more like a boot. Uh, yeah. I, I like the low ones just because it's easy to get in and out of and, uh, it's even more maneuverable and stuff, but he, he likes his high tops. And so it's, it's a really good, uh, good water shoot, grippy, good on, uh, lining and portages and so on. So it's, uh. Well, that's
0: the one thing I was thinking about is lining the canoe and mm-hmm, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Now, Dimpna Hayes is down guiding in Antarctica right now. Yes. And I posted a picture and she came on and said, I'm wearing these right now. Yeah. Right. Yep. She's using these down, down in Antarctica mm-hmm. and that. So there's a lot of people that are saying they really like these shoes. Yes. Uh, so I'm like, okay, well, apparently I got a good pair. Yes. Uh, I can't wait to use them now. Uh What do they say? Technical de- details. Uppers are hydrophobic, quick dry canvas with air mesh tongue, TPU reinforcements at toe and heel with internal counters built in polygene treated sock liner. That means it's going to make my feet not stinky. I'm good with that. (laughs) Midsole level heel to ball, medium arch, roomy toe box made from EVA. Outsole GSS, uh, trademark rubber, high surface contact, razor siped. Razor siped? I don't think I've ever heard that word before. Uh, And non-marking. Good, so when I go play basketball after I'm done paddling. You're not marking up the gym. I'm not marking up the gym floor. (laughs) Foot to ground distance: seventeen millimeter at the heel, sixteen at the ball of foot. Uh, fit true to size up to D width, which my feet are wider. So, uh, balanced geometry places heel and ball at same level for balance and agility in extreme places.
1: There you go. So you're not high heeling it,
0: right? <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Enhanced support, padded ankle and internal heel counters provide increased support during long walks in rugged terrain. So that, I think, would help with the portages and stuff like that and um, lining the canoe and stuff, right? Super sticky, GSS non-marking rubber and high surface contact for excellent traction in gorges. But only in gorges. Yes. yes, yes. Anywhere else, forget it. (laughs) But if you're in a gorge, baby. It's funny they put that, eh? (laughs) Uh, protection, TPU, reinforcement, outside, rigid toe counter, inside, quick dry and drain, uppers dry fast, and mid-soles drain excess water. And like I say, the grippy rubber sole was definitely a selling yeah, point uh, for me. So, um, yeah, so I'm uh, really looking forward to soon. I mean, the water is open down this way. Yep. Duffins, well, Duffins Lake and is always open, right? Yeah, Duffin's Creek's open mm-hmm. even, so I can put in there yeah. and, they go out for a little bit of a day pal and mm-hmm. give a few people a call and say hey fellas let's get the dry let's suits go. on and give it a whirl I'm not going to do it first time by myself we Just are officially
1: sure in spring now
0: yes we are started last weekend didn't it mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun. yeah so yeah uh Colquatat Odyssey dry suit and Astral wrestler 2.0 shoes dun, dun, dun. frontenac outfitter Zach Andrew and gang thank you very much for all the help uh Definitely uh, be back uh, to see you guys uh, for a couple other things here. Maybe I'll bring Derek when he's allowed to buy a dry suit. <laughs> yeah, it might be why. If Siobhan's listening, I was only joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> um, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, talking about guides. Yes. Marcus Rubino, Mark in the Park, sent me a message. Mm-hmm. He says... I'm trying something out this year. So, you know, he guides in Algonquin with Algonquin Outfitters and does some stuff, does day trips for people that want to go for a day. He'll do weekend trips and stuff like that. The meanest link. You heard us talk about that many, many times and you've done it. 14 day canoe trip. So he's
1: going to guide the trip. He's going to guide guide the meanest
0: link. Link. Now, if you, this is what he says in the description, pain, sweat, fun, beauty, and best of all, some high quality solitude. That's what the meanest Link canoe route is all about. As a working vacation, this tough canoe trip will test your limits and abilities while providing some of the the finest flat water paddling Algonquin Park in its surrounding areas has to offer. So he's offering it three times okay. this summer. Uh, Thursday, June 30th to Wednesday, July 13th, August 4th to August 17th, and September 1st to September 14th. This canoe trip is intended for intermediate paddlers and up. So if you're a beginner, y- yeah, this is not for you. Yeah, mean meanest think
1: is a tough route. Yeah. You're not going to want to, uh, if you're new to the sport, you're not going to want to do this trip.
0: Definitely, definitely not. Um, I thought i put his website, markinthepark.com. Is he .com or .ca? See, that's what I can never remember. I thought I'd put it here. <laughs> uh, Google that, would you? Yeah, just Google Mark in the Park. Mark It'll in the up. Park, yeah. It'll come up. Marcus Rubino. He, and like I said, go on to guided trips in the tab at the top. Um, but yeah, he's you can book it. Is if people are interested in doing it, because a lot of people talk about it when they talk about Algonquin Park, people are starting to talk about the Brent run over the last couple of years since yeah. we started doing that yeah. again, yeah. right? And the, but the meanest link they've been talking about for a number of years now mm-hmm. and more and more last year was last, last two years yeah. have been big yeah. on people getting out there and, and doing it.
1: So it's a uh, it's a common route like Camp Pathfinder. They routinely do it. the The kids do it all the time in the summer. I think right now what it's um, it's I think its own popularity is gonna it's gonna kind of have too many people on the route. So if, if, social media is really driving people to do stuff like yeah. this, like uh, Minus Link, Brent Run, and so on. Right. So it's uh hopefully the, the, we don't get so many people doing it that it kind of ruins the uh the idea of the of the uh, minus link but uh
0: well I'm hoping with this year with things opening up I think the big regular crowds that head down to Mexico and they're going to return like that, and they're going to so, start being snowbirds yeah. again and yeah. Yeah. I think things Will quiet down a bit. Move back. But you to don't normal. want you don't want to dissuade people from going to these no no and yeah, th- destinations, yeah Enjoy your outside. Enjoy, enjoy your, your camping
1: yeah. and. But uh, a lot of people are doing it for the first time because there's nothing else for them to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, mark in the park. The meanest link 14 day canoe trip. Go to his site and uh, check it out and. If you're interested. Send Mark a message. There's all the information on how to book your spot and everything is on there. I can't believe I can never remember if it's .com or .ca. <laughs> it's Mark in the park. Uh, check him out. Um, one of our listeners, Adam, he brought this one to my attention. The Mattawa River Canoe Race is on again this year. Okay. Grab your paddle in 2022, July 23rd. It's only 64 kilometers. (laughs) Eh, That's not bad. Race with the pros or join recreational paddlers as they paddle and portage their canoes. Now, see, this isn't just a regular paddle down a river sort of thing, right? No. They portage their canoes, kayaks, and stand-up paddle boards 64 kilometers from Trout Lake, North Bay. To the Mattawa Island Conservation Area. The scenery is spectacular. The portages are challenging. The pride of accomplishment earns you bragging rights for following in the historic wake of voyageurs who follow the path of the Huron and Ojibwe as they traveled this heritage river. We used to go fishing in Travel Lake all the time. Yeah. We used to go ice fishing in uh, Nipissing in North Bay. A 13-kilometer family and youth race launches from Samuel de Champlain Provincial Park, joining the finishing line at Mattawa Island. Only one portage in that one. To give beginners and -and up-and-coming paddlers a taste of the river and the race. Which is cool. It's, you know, a a small part of the race for, you know, kids and that that want to try it. The family ones are one adult, one kid. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, race, uh, registration da- deadline is July 8th. So you got a couple months for two that
1: weeks prior that. to the execution of the race is the, is when the closing of the mm-hmm. registration ends.
0: They put this little tagline Can you beat the 1995 record for the fastest finish of five hours, 27 minutes, and 53 seconds? Wow.
1: Uh-huh, you're that's a lot of ground to cover, and they did it in just five approximately five, five and, a and a half, half hours. hours. Woo.
0: Uh, awards banquet. they're not having one this year. Uh, for the first time, all paddlers will also receive a participation medal. Top three finishers in each category will receive a special medal commemorating their accomplishments. A unique NBMCA Mattawa River Canoe Race Trophy is awarded to the team with the best overall time. Paddlers who have participated in the race for 5, 10, or 15 years enter the Five and Dime Club and receive commemorative pins. Would you believe there's paddlers who have raced 30-plus years? The most senior paddler, 78. That's crazy. Hmm. I was talking to a guy at work who's late 50s. And he said, oh, I'm I'm past doing all that. I'm getting too old for that. I'm just looking at him thinking, funny, I've been having conversations with Derek about that lately. <laughs> 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 all proceeds from the race and sponsorship support the North Bay Mattawa Conservation Authority's stewardship and outreach programs. So the 64-kilometer historic voyageur route race categories, recreational, pro-marathon, which is, I bet you, where that five and a half hour yeah. <laughs> thing came from, right? Voyageur, kayak, and stand-up paddle bar. Could you imagine paddleboarding 64 kilometers? No. With portages?
1: The day we went out, I was, my feet, were well, it, it's, everything comes with experience, so, but I, I'm very little, I have no experience on paddleboards, and it was killing my feet. I can't imagine doing 64 kilometers on it. No. That's quite the workout.
0: Not even. <laughs> uh family junior race categories recreational and junior 14 to 17 so the, i know the fa- the recreational family is an adult and a and a kid and the junior is two kids 14 to 17 hmm. uh, if you go to madawawrivercanoe.ca uh there's a lot of information including the watercraft specifications so, how long your canoe can be? and Yeah, they, yeah, yeah all that specific sort of type of yeah. W- watercraft. Yeah. So, yeah, Mattawa River Canoe Race.ca. Adam is going to be racing in the open kayak category using his swift pack boat. So, uh, that'll be cool. Good luck, Adam. Uh, hopefully, uh, you uh, do quite well and uh, let us know how things go. Speaking of boats. Mm hmm. Mikey, Mike Burns, you yes. guys are going to Wabakimi this year.
1: Yes, so we're doing a Wabakimi trip and uh, that's what prompted him to do what we're about to talk about. So he um, he went out and uh, so in he's bought a, previously, about two, three years ago, he bought a uh, Eskif, is that how you say it? Eskif? Eskif Canyon. Eskif Canyon. Yeah. And so the canyon has a lot of rocker and so... Man, it's one—it's—it's it's, as typical whitewater boat, either kayaks and or canoes. It's like as soon as you stop paddling, the thing just wants to go sideways and just wants to say going sideways, right? So, w- with the uh, Wabakimi trip, we're going to have some whitewater. But uh, there's long sections of just flat waters, like as if you're going through, uh, you know, Clarny or Tomogamy or a Galcon Park. So it was, uh, it's, it's a lot of work. And Mike's pretty good at uh, stirring the canoe. He can keep it going straight. And uh, I, I don't have as much experience paddling his boat, so it, uh, I was always you know, wobbling all over the place, couldn't keep a... Taking a, the scenic route as well. Yeah, it was. yes. <laughs> so he, uh, he with, with that in mind... He uh he went out uh just last weekend and got himself in a skiff uh presage. So it's uh he got a good deal on it. It's uh the the individual had he bought it from had uh it was only about a year old or so, but uh, the guy had uh bought it didn't use it like he thought he did, so it's looked practically brand new. So uh, I get to uh, break it in uh, this summer in Wabakimi. Drag it over some rocks, give it some uh, some scars and stuff, so that uh, your character, yeah, some character, add some character. To it. He still yells at me for all this. <laughs> I gave his boat the first scratches, right? It's like, uh, you see, what are you doing? It's like, it's a whitewater canoe. You have to do this. <laughs> no, you don't. Says who?
0: <laughs> Where? Show me in the rules. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, who's going to... Why would you buy a whitewater canoe and, and shy away from rocks?
0: Isn't the whole point is to avoid the rocks?
1: You can't avoid all rocks.
0: If you do it Impossible. right, you Impossible. <laughs> Anyway, I Years gave I gave his
1: work. uh I gave his canyon some nice scratches as I uh I lined it down some uh through a boulder boulder garden and uh and uh, he still <laughs> yells at me about it. But uh so now I can uh, I can christen and break in his uh, new uh uh skiff uh, Presage. So it's uh it's just uh, six inches shorter than his canyon. It's like fifteen eleven. Uh, it it has less capacity, so Sony has seven hundred pound capacity, but it's it's you know seven hundred pounds. That's a lot. That is a lot. So for for this trip, we're obviously it's uh, the, the Wabakimi trip is a longer trip. So we're right now we're brainstorming what we should be bringing. About you know mostly we're gonna do all freeze dried and stuff like that. So and I have to I'm gonna start. I have to do the Google thing and have to ask people who do longer trips because. It, Freeze-dried food can get quite boring, and and that's one of the fun things, exciting things about trips is uh, you, when you get to cook a decent meal, right? Mm-hmm. So I imagine we'll be fishing, so we'll have uh, have opportunity to have some fresh fish, some short lunches and stuff. But uh, I have to figure out kind of how to keep food fun for a longer trip like this, right? You need to take a
0: slow walk through the grocery store. A slow walk through the grocery store? because you look at the rices oh you look yeah, yeah, at the, yeah yeah the sauces yes that are powders you just add water like yeah, the gravies exactly. and, yes and cheese yeah. sauces and that's what i've gotten into doing yeah so
1: right? we're i'm going to do some of that so we're both uh we're both gonna have come up with a plan so unfortunately for him he uh he never enters grocery stores so <laughs> so <laughs> What well, well, there's one trip we uh I had to pick up some last minute stuff. So I needed some fresh bread and some fresh other things. So on the way up north, we stopped at a grocery store and, uh, I hopped out. I kind of looked back. I stuck my head back in. It's like, um, are you coming in? He says, nope, I don't go a grocery stores. It's just like, okay. Then I'll be back out shortly. Really? <laughs> it doesn't go into them. Why? He <laughs> just not his thing. He has no. Idea how to? I don't think he could navigate around a grocery store. I'm not sure. Maybe he goes in once,
0: and his wife is going to make him go more. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Lori does. Lori does all it. the groceries. <laughs> I like the little uh, note he put put though about packing lighter. Yes, <laughs> need to pack lighter for sure. No kitchen sink, Derek. <laughs> well, what did I bring on our fall trip? <laughs> Apparently, a kitchen sink.
1: <laughs> well, no, I uh, I brought. Uh, I brought a shrimp ring. I brought Oh, uh, r-
0: oh shrimp ring a, charcuterie a charcuterie board.
1: Charcuterie board. Oh, uh, man. It, yeah, so uh um what was my uh asparagus wrapped in? It was uh, prosciutto wrapped asparagus and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, we, there was no was need for good, that. <laughs> there
0: was some good eating that weekend. <laughs> there was no need for that.
1: It <laughs> was a special treat. And the only reason I did it was because it's a larger group. It's in the fall, so it's cold, so nothing's going to spoil. So it's like, hey, I'm going to carry some. There's no, There was one portage that we had to do, and we're going to stay parked on one campsite. So it's like, I'm bringing some extra weight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who wants steak and lobster? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Derek. <laughs> hey, nobody
1: complained when I was serving food. Who wants some prosciutto rough asparagus? No, because we were Who eating wants it a shrimp ring?
0: <laughs> we, we had to eat it because no one wanted to haul it out. <laughs> For the record, I did not eat asparagus. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Prosciutto wrapped asparagus cooked over an open fire. Oh,
0: so good. So, so good. And that's where Martin and Scott got me hooked on that cheese. The, um, oh. oh the melted cheese. Halloumi cheese. Oh, yeah. In a, in the bacon grease frying pan. Yeah, so good. Thinly sliced. It's all very then, salty. Yeah,
1: and you cook it up, and it gets all melty. It's still a hard cheese, but gets so gooey. It's slightly rubbery, but yeah, I guess a little bit gooey, and it's so good. And if yeah. you
0: do it in bacon, like a little bit of bacon grease, yeah, it takes that bacon flavor with the salt and the mm-hmm. cheese and
1: smoky, smoky uh. cheese. Yeah, I forgot about that. I gotta remember to get some of that.
0: I got some in the fridge upstairs. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I hungry.
1: I'm definitely bringing that on the trip. Yeah, I'm gonna bring some halloumi cheese. Definitely do it. Do it. Yeah, do it. Don't, don't tell first, anybody. I have to eat it in the first few days because it's gonna be hot. It's August, so stuff like that won't last long, right? Yeah, I
0: guess, yeah, probably August. Yeah, mm-hmm. you might wanna, might wanna eat that. Yeah, first day.
1: Yeah, because like cheese tonne, it very quickly becomes like a, kind of a greasy lump of like a, armpit sweat,
0: <laughs> Yeah, but it bunged you up so you won't have to poop for like a week. That'll do <laughs> you. you a couple of things of that. You, there you You're go. good for the week, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome. Uh, speaking of Mike, um, he sent me a message today, this morning came across this. You might want to talk about it because I found it funny. Personally, after reading the article, I would have been a tad annoyed. Yes, me too. So, Pesh Island, just off of Windsor, between um, Detroit and Windsor. It's a little Mm -hmm.
1: island. It's on the Canadian side of the border, just off Windsor.
0: Now, we did the Google map and we did the measurement. Yes. And it's only about 400 meters
1: Less, just less than just 400, less than 400 yeah.
0: meters from Windsor to the edge of the island. Yeah. What is that like in feet?
1: Um, times 600 three.
0: feet. Yeah, it's like,
1: uh, like it, that? It, yeah, it's like, uh, well, 1200, 1200 feet times three, right? Is it three point something? It's it, it depends on, uh, if you're talking a, like a standard, uh, you know, like a yard or a meter or a regular like, foot. Yeah, but a no,
0: it, it's not foot. perfectly three feet, right? It's, it's a uh, so anyway, a, 300 meters. Yeah. 400 meters. Yeah. We'll call it 400 meters. Yeah. 400 meters. So, a Windsor woman went out for an afternoon paddle in her kayak, and she was rescued from Pesh Island by the U.S. Coast Guard in cooperation with their Canadian counterpart. What is up for debate is whether or not she needed to be rescued. Exactly. So, everybody's thinking, well, did she press a button? Did she? Did what she do? Did she call and say, help me, help me. I have uh, 400 meters. I can throw a rock to the far shore, but I can't <laughs> paddle back. Yeah. She's an experienced kayaker. She's paddled the Great Lakes, the length of the St. Lawrence River, and many lakes up north, Canada. She paddled to her favorite spot on Pesh Island to enjoy lunch and the sun while trying to have an afternoon of peace and quiet. On the way to the island, there was no ice on the water, but once she arrived, things changed. All of a sudden, there was a little round circles of ice. Um, and I, she says, I did maybe two or three strokes into the round circles. Couldn't see any of them until I was on top of them. But she said she knows ice can be dangerous. People can be pulled under. But she was able to get to the island, felt safe, the whole meal deal. Yep. Took off her wetsuit. And uh, took out her lunch and she noticed the U.S. Coast Guard helicopter was flying overhead. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, they must be training because they come up and down that waterway quite frequently. I thought they were in some kind of training until I saw some guy because they were hovering. And some guy ended up coming down and he started walking towards me. And I'm like... Oh, something's wrong. (laughs) Someone on shore phoned the Coast Guard about her visit to the island. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Coast Guard confirmed that Canada's Joint Rescue Command Center requested search and rescue assistance on Wednesday. Uh, So that would be last Wednesday. Mm -hmm. For a call about a kayaker traveling to Pesh Island, saying the person was not in immediate distress, but that there was potential... For this situation to get worse. Yeah. U.S. Coast Guard did airlift her to from the island, leaving her kayak behind and dropping her off at Windsor Airport. <laughs> so her car's at the shore, her yeah. boat's on the island, and she's way over at the airport. Yeah. Uh. The rescue was, they say the rescue was done as a preventative measure. Okay, that's that's cool. Despite her safety gear gear and precautions as an experienced kayaker, she said she's grateful to the Coast Guard on both sides of the border and the person who phoned it in, which you have to be. You have to be, yeah. She said those who spoke with her understood her plans. They were satisfied knowing her husband on shore knew where she was and when she was expected back. So she did her whole paddling plan, right? After a bit of back and forth with the Canadian Coast Guard, I recognized that it was best for them to let me, uh, let them do the airlift. (laughs) First off, (laughs) and this is just me, I looked at him and went, "Um, no, I'm not leaving my boat here. I did
1: not call for rescue. I am not in an emergency situation. I know what I'm doing. I have a dry suit. I have my
0: watercraft. I'm good to go. I can see shore, 400 meters there. It's going to take me five minutes to get there. If you want to <laughs> hover above me and watch me yeah. go, I'll pack up right now and go as a preventative thing. I can whack a baseball <laughs> that far. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what? Because what? <laughs> I had to get on and think, well, how far out is this island? Yeah.
1: It's right there. It's
0: right there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I would have been, I would have been arguing. You can yell I'm back sorry. and forth from
1: shore to somebody on the island, saying, "No, I'm not going. I can look. I can see where my car's parked."
0: And I mean, you can you can see their their point. You know, hey, stuff could be coming in. Yeah, uh, I don't. Th- that's an awful lot of money to be spending. To I know. And now she's got to somehow get from the airport Port, to where I- her car is.
1: Find another watercraft. Then find
0: another watercraft. To go get, get her kayak, and it's it's got to be one that's powered. Because she can't just paddle back. She'd have to drag, yeah. <laughs> and then she's going to have to, or later in the week when things thaw out. Yeah. And now that we're supposed to be getting freezing rain this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's a whole rigmarole now she's got to deal with.
1: And and one of the thoughts, and I'm sure she's, I am sure she is thinking the same thing. It's like, well, it's in the news. Everybody's talking about it. These podcasters are talking about it. Somebody knows about my kayak, and they're going to go and steal my boat.
0: Well, and that's what she even said in the article. It was like, I just hope somebody doesn't go and steal it. Mm-hmm. That would have been my first thing. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. Shore's right there. I'm getting dressed. I'm paddling back. Yeah. You can watch me. Yeah. I'm not. Now, if you want to look at the bright side, she got a free helicopter right yeah. into the, the deal. Not talking about that. <laughs> that's <laughs> the bright side of it. Free helicopter, right? Fly slow. <laughs> making this count but she got lifted up in a basket and, there you go and everything I'm just like oh, yeah no I I would have been so annoyed like yeah. you said you can see the, you appreciate the, it
1: they're doing their job yeah. somebody did call yeah and the so, thing is that she didn't call it's like somebody on shore thought that they knew best and so, but she wasn't waving her arm. She didn't, wasn't you know. She didn't start a emergency fire. She was just lounging and probably having a sandwich. Just you know, sitting on sitting on the beach and having a sandwich, having a drink of water. And it's like, why is there a helicopter above my yeah. head? What's yeah, going, on, what's going on? on?
0: Somebody's in trouble. What are these guys want? It's me <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe they're delivering me another sandwich. Yeah, you can definitely. <laughs> See
0: both sides of this story. You can but. see
1: both sides. Like you you can't fault the co- the American and Canadian Coast Guard. They're doing their job. Yep. Somebody did call. And uh I don't know. It's uh but from the woman's perspective, it was uh she wasn't in an emergency situation. She again, she appreciates their support, the fact that they did come to get her, but uh she wasn't she wasn't uh, it wasn't an emergency condition for her.
0: Yeah, I I I think they should have just Now mind you, we're we're doing this from our opinion we are armchair quarterback yeah we are armchair quarterback I, I i i my thing would have been you know what i'm putting my suit on i'm getting my kayak i'm paddling yeah. <laughs> right to there if you want to watch me go i'm not going to waste all your time yeah. money and all my time just to have you pick me up fly me somewhere yeah drop me then try to put them all the way back. if you want to Sit there for five minutes and watch me paddle across. You yeah. want
1: me to go with you? You're going to have to hit me over the head with yeah. a rock and put me in the basket. Gotta catch me first, suckers. <laughs> Start the car. I'm out of here. Oh, jeez.
0: Thanks for that one, Mikey. the first thing he sends me. Oh, I thought this was funny. Yeah. I just sent him back. I'd be pissed. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I'm talking about this week, these beers. Mm-hmm. I never buy cans of beer. Yeah. If I do buy cans of beer, they're craft beer. What's their tall boys? Which are, what, 500 mils? Yeah, something like that. I bought, a, I bought a case of big-name brand beers. Yeah. Three hundred and fifty-five mils. It's I'm a like, coke can. This is this is like a baby beer. <laughs> What's this is a little baby beer. It disappears in my What's hand. This? <laughs> is this for like, like new drinkers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, expect I, grandma to be chugging one of these. I don't know when the last time I had a small can of beer. Before. This thing, like the whole, I could hide. I could like palm this, yeah. and no one would know I've got it in my hand. I have tiny hands. These can't. Yeah, because I put this against a Guinness can, and this is like, it's the difference. These are three fifty-five compared to a five hundred we're usually drinking.
1: So yeah, there's five hundreds, but normally they're uh, four seventy-two or four seventy-six, or on average
0: not 355. No. You know they say when you grow up that's why things look smaller like wagon <laughs> yes. wheels and twinkies. Oh, they don't look smaller cuz your hands have gotten big. No, these have gotten smaller. I my I remember <laughs> the kitchen counter my parents house being much higher. Yeah. Yeah, that's not not these. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. Beers beer cans, coke cans, all that. They've all gotten smaller. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm that's my rent for the day.
1: Well, it's funny, like so. Yeah, they 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 do. Mo- and have you seen the tiny baby cans of pop? I seen oh, them the in the little, stores. Yeah. I've never bought them, but they're like it's like that's like a shot glass of Coca Cola.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a mixer. It's a mixer can.
1: And It's funny when they do kind of off topic, but uh, it's, when you see them doing uh, potato chips now, the bags are bigger, but there's less in them. So it's like it used to be, uh, you know, a hundred gram bag of of. Whatever, and now it's like it's a uh, you know it's a eighty five gram bag, but it's like the bag itself is bigger. Mm-hmm. Hey, family size is like wait a second, it's lighter.
0: This What's is a family? bigger.
1: It's a bigger bag, but there's less yeah. chips in it.
0: Yeah, family size. <laughs> That's like going to the- oh, here's a dessert at the restaurant. You can share it the hell i can't <laughs> <laughs> you bringing me two spoons because i got two hands right yes i'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm using both spoons myself <laughs> ah, share it apparently you've never met me
1: my wife's looking apparently you've
0: never met him <laughs> oh but we we had the talk i don't know i i don't know if this is just a, a canadian thing or not um when I was younger, this would have been end of the 70s into the 80s. I'm thinking. Yeah. Beginning of the 80s, end of the 70s, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. The Hostess potato chips used to be like in a foil bag. Okay. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. And you'd open up the bag and you had the chance to win a pop. Okay. Right? A soda. On the inside, there would be a... Coupon printed on the inside printed of the on bag. The inside of the Congratulations, bag. you want a Coke or a Pepsi mm-hmm. or yeah. or whatever. So you eat your chips, you cut that out, and you take it into the store, and you get a free pop. Yeah, right. So you take your Coke, and they're running a the, uh, a contest in conjunction with Hostess. Yeah, take off the lid, and that's when you used to have to pop the lid. There was yeah. no screw off that time, and there's a little gray cap liner, yeah. you pop that off and it says sorry try again or free bag of chips. Yes. And then you hand that it's in a vicious circle. It was a vicious circle. You know what though? They need to bring that back. Yes. They so need to bring that back. Because I'll be at that store five times a day. Ooh. Chip pop, chip winner. pop, chip Ooh, pop winner. Chip pop <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Bring it back. Yes. Bring it back um yeah that those are our rants for the day on on beer pop and chips (laughs) rant over (laughs) you got anything else to add i don't that it yeah that's it wow that was a lot this week Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on i can't wait to try that dry suit out yeah i might just wear it to work tomorrow (laughs) what's that (laughs) nothing it's my new work uniform
1: i imagine you could get uh, if it was uh think of it this cold water but hot day which is typical for lake ontario lake mm-hmm. ontario until the the until you get the uh, the water uh flips in the summer which is usually around july so right into june sometimes into july you're going to have 10 11 12 degree water on lake ontario and it could be 30 degrees out so it's like Oh my God, I need to flip my canoe. (laughs) I'm just going to be flipping for the, oops, did I do that? Yeah. (laughs) These shoes
0: are going to be great for canoe pulling. Oh yes. With that grippy on the inside of the canoe. It'll
1: grip on the inside, yeah. Yeah. See? Beauty.
0: Multi-sport outfit. (laughs) Just drive to work in it and then have the canoe and kayak right on the roof. Perfect. Just head from work straight to the water, all dressed for it and everything. (laughs) Awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Best summer Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you want to find out more about us you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter you can download or stream all our episodes uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Podbean, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites you can go to the episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio and stream or download all our episodes there as well if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your f- friends, your family, and your fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.